Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. What is up, everybody? Jim to my right, Mr. Ryan Muckenhern across from me. Uh, guys, I was down at Vortex Edge the other day, Jim, and uh, you guys seem pretty prepared down there. I was talking with Brennan, and he had a he had a oh a uh, a plate carrier, and it was all kitted out with some necessities, and and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe I need one of those things, and you know, you you take into consideration like you know current events and levels of uncertainty and people are like you're a conspiracy theorist you're canceled you're wearing a tinfoil hat and then like you know six months later they're like oh i guess that was kind of like a regular hat um i don't don't know man like there's just like a lot of stuff going on and i'm like am i prepared to handle situations as they arise Mm -hmm. in the same breath though there's no crystal ball to see what's coming. I'm overwhelmed. That's that's fair. I'm overwhelmed with the thought of being prepared for myself and my family, primarily, right? Right. You know, if you guys get in a pinch, you're welcome to come over, you know, when it hits the fan. I don't, I, to be fair, I don't want to go to your neighborhood. What's wrong with my neighborhood? I, it just doesn't seem like a good spot to be in, you know, like a, you it's know. a nice place. Hit the fan situation. Okay. But that's probably, Okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe part of being prepared is not letting people know your strategy. That's probably my strategy. This whole time, this whole time, he's been throwing us the shade, the smoke. I'm aloof. No, 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 no. Boardman's dialed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He's going to get some entertainment out of basically yeah. picking off people who are coming to try and take advantage of him. Well, here, okay, here's what, here's why, okay. We always wanted- I can see this as a, uh, Okay, finish what you're saying. We always wondered why he had such a huge garage. It was to house his M1A1 Abrams tank. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a nice tank. It, it is. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, it, gets, it gets me from point A to point B. The uh, Great, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So, okay, that is, you've got a couple different philosophies too. Like, you know, do you, do you burrow in? You know, do you burrow in? Do you bug out? But it all yeah. depends on the type of scenario. I mean, you could be in a natural disaster scenario. You could be in uh, some sort of military conflict scenario. You could be in, I, I don't know. Classic like, zombies. Classic zombies, right? And then you think, okay, well, maybe my neighborhood would be good because... The gates? I don't have... Everybody says I have, we have <laughs> gates. We don't have <laughs> yeah. gates. But, like, if I was prepared, like, I mean... Not to throw shade at my neighbors, but like I don't think I think I would be likely to be more prepared than they are. Okay. So does that put me in a better position or a worse position because the people around me aren't as prepared and so now they're gonna want my preparedness? Yeah, I tell you what, a bunch of non prepared city slickers can get pretty scary when they start getting hungry and they haven't gotten the chance to go in and get their, you know, nails done in a while. They can they can get pretty that is pretty terrifying. The the thing that we also need to address with this is, like you said, this is kind of a freeform conversation we're having. None of us, I think, at the table claim to be the world's greatest experts in in preparation or anything like no. that. No, this is this is purely a, a potential kickoff to future episodes. If 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 this topic or the topics that that come up today interest people, but th- but so many people have different ideas about being prepared, and the thing is that. Until something actually happens and gives way, it's all just opinion. You know what I mean? And you right. can try and come up with every possible scenario in your head, but no matter how hard you try and how much time you take, you'll never come up with every potential scenario. That that would be infinite. You would actually spend all of your, your entire life trying to come up with scenarios. You'd never actually come up with all of the potential possibilities. But anyway, so that's that's this conversation. That's my that's my caveat corral. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good one to make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, like, like you said though, Mark, there's kind of categories of what of what one could prepare for, and one might prepare for each one differently. There's the whole you know you bring it up like the 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 fun way to bring it up in some in, for lack of a better term is like the Red Dawn scenario, you know, because right. everybody watches the movie Red Dawn and you watch that for entertainment because you're like, okay, a bunch of kids take on North Korea, Russia, whatever it is, and but that's where it's like some other 
country or, you know, whatever it is, invades us. Of course, there's, I'm sure many people have at the top of their mind right now, they're like, well, what if it's our own country? What if it's tyrannical government and all that? You know, that's, that's a potential scenario too. But yeah, then there's natural disasters. There's some sort of like infection thing. I mean, we just came out of a pandemic where at the beginning of that thing, I'm pretty sure people genuinely thought it was like going to be zombies. Right. For a little bit. There. The end of times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you, and, you, and you look how people reacted to shelves are bare, you know, resources limited. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody out there was like, oh, I 100% called this. But I definitely did not call that toilet paper would be in such high demand. Nope. No. Uh-uh. Bizarre things that people were really going for. Yep. It's a significant talking point on whatever scenario you encounter is is trying to predict the reaction of those in your immediate environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you could have predicted that toilet paper would have been one of the most uh, limited in supply, I I would have not taken that bet. Well, I, no. no, excuse me. I would have bet against it. I'm like, are you kidding me, toilet paper? No, everybody's going to be out there buying peanut butter because it's shelf-stable and highly nutritious. No, toilet paper. That was a Can't doozy. eat toilet paper. Nope. So here's here's step one in preparedness, I suppose, is try to predict what people are going to do, and you, you just simply can't. No. Right? Mm. Toilet paper. I mean, that was basically the new currency. Oh, it pretty much became that way. Yeah. I remember I went, <laughs> went on <laughs> I went on to buy toilet I'll paper. four squares, please. Online at one point, because we were running low at my house, and of course all the shelves were just bare. Of toilet paper. I remember going on and and I had a moment where I considered buying a pack of toilet paper. I think it had a it was of significant quantity, but it wasn't a tr- like a truckload, and it was six hundred dollars. And for a moment, I was like, "Is this the only toilet paper that I'm going to be able to find?" For and the, I was, for, and then I, I moved on. Somehow, yeah. we found something else somewhere. But that's unreal. We used, I mean, it's, it the, was summer. In we some used ways, some like how quickly we forget too, like. That was, you know, really not that long ago, right? But, like, I, I forgot that, like, oh, if you saw toilet paper on the shelf, yeah. like, yeah, we better... I'm not stocked up on TV better, anymore. No, That's exactly. Like a, I'm back to a regular amount. Like, maybe one 24-pack right. for the house. You buy that for the house, it starts to dwindle. You yeah, get I'll one, go, yeah. I'll go. Yeah, there's just, there's so many things to consider. Like I said, it's 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 actually overwhelming. It is, it is. You know, one thing that I think about a lot, though, with with preparedness of my own is trying to balance how comfortable I'm going to I'm trying to to will my way into in this situation versus how much I'm just like trying to plan on surviving. You know what I mean? Because because sometimes people when they're when they're talking about their prepping plan, they're listing out items that they have. They're storing up like, you know, they got a, a, a in their bunker or whatever, they got a TV with a VCR and a bunch of videos and, you know, like so that they can keep themselves entertained. And they got like, you know, uh, uh, they got to have a generator for all these electronics that they're having. They got like a full kitchen in there or something like that. They got like all these things that seem like everyday luxuries, if you will. And it's almost like they're trying to set themselves up such that they have to have like very minimal change to their daily life in an apocalypse or in some sort of giant societal collapse. And I have to think to myself, okay, well, part of that would be kind of neat if you were pretty well just like set up. You know what I mean? Like the apocalypse is going on outside and I've got food for months and months and months and months and months and months stored up. And I've got like, uh, you know, I've got a TV. I can watch some TV so I don't go crazy. Like I've got all these nice things. I got heat, you know, I got whatever it is. I'm like, how much do I actually need that versus how much should I spend more time on learning how to make a fire out of anything, you know, or learning how to right. survive in the cold or learning how to like make things from scratch. Should I spend more time on my intellectual side learning on that stuff, or should I spend more time trying to make it such that I don't really need to rely on all these survivalist skills? Like yeah. That's something that goes through my head. I'm, I think I think the answer to that is whether or not your plan is to simply never move from your position. Mm-hmm. If, if it, it is that you have established your boundaries and, and your kingdom and you just, that is where I'm going to stay, then great, great plan. 
Is that the best plan? Like, is, is sticking put to one spot, not being mobile, acquiescing a whole bunch of uh, Chef Boyardee um, in, in plan to weather the storm, yeah. uh, is that the best way to go? That's a tough one. For me personally, it's not. It's I often think like, okay, what do you have there? Right. You have a large bank of resources. And if anybody discovers that you have a large bank of resources, now you become a target. Right. And if if that kingdom is compromised and it's like, okay, shoot, my neighbors found out that I have the SpaghettiOs standalone and with, I'll be frank, we've got a problem. Like we got to, we got to bug out. We got to get out of there. And then what do you carry? Well, that's just it though. Like, okay, that presents another problem though. Now you're on the move with limited resources. Sure. Right. And I've always, and I'll throw, let me throw this. Everybody's in a different situation too. Do you have a family? Right. Is, is it more than just you? Do you have small children that are going to have a difficult time keeping up? Processing what's going on, you know, and, and yeah, keeping up and, I mean, sometimes, heck, you think about, like, keeping quiet or, you know, being able to sneak uh, and stuff like that. I've thought about the whole burrow-in versus bug-out thing, and there's kind of, again, of course, it, it depends on the situation because, you know, okay, so I think my mind tends to go to either governmental militaristic force coming in and invading or zombies. I, I go to those more so, actually, funny enough, than natural disasters, which natural disasters happen every single year to people all around the world. But I think we have... To, maybe this is also partly because, you know, if you're into this mindset, you're probably somebody whose mind needs to be kept busy. And in some ways, even though we're talking about pretty grim stuff, it's kind of entertaining to think about, right? To just sort of, like, ponder... But anyway, anybody who's, of course, actually been through a disaster is probably upset with me for saying that, you know, but the people who like being prepared for things, people who like being organized and whatever it is, like, they get some level of enjoyment out of it, even if it's mundane or or sort of dark in this case. But anyway, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, so, like, let's say, boom, event occurs, whatever the event is. I've thought about the fact that if you go on the move... You got to figure out where you're going to go. And there's probably going to be a lot of other people on the move, too. And there may be roads shut down. Like, I've thought about this. In Wisconsin, we're in south central Wisconsin, southwestern Wisconsin, sort of. There's like Highway 151, there's Highway like 94 if you're going west. I have no interest in going east. There's either a lake or Chicago. And <laughs> neither of those things are great. I could go south, but then it's like you got to go around all sorts of other stuff. And the tolls. And the tolls. Oh, I don't want to end up paying tolls when I'm trying to get away from, uh, um, you know, How whoever it is. How inconvenient. I know. Um, That's, it, actually, I've got And a, tolls are extra when <laughs> there's an apocalypse. And Illinois bu- needs money. In my bug out bag, I actually have got a fast pass, so I just zip right Do you? And I, yeah. Slaps yeah, what is that? On the high pass. High pass, yeah. Sure. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's connected up to like a burner account or something like that. So that um, the account's name is Bark Mortimer. Bark <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, like, what if what if there's a pinch point when I get to Debucky, as uh, I think Eric called it once, Dubuque, Iowa, you know, and it's like, oh, I can't cross into Iowa. Or when I get up to near La Crosse and I'm trying to cross over into Minnesota, I can't do that. Well, now what? Now I've separated myself from my home. Maybe it's been already invaded and inhabited by somebody You've else. You've left resources I've that left have been it. claimed. Mm-hmm. And now I'm stuck here and there's all these other strangers around me that I, have n- I don't know. Or then it's like, okay, once I finally get to where I'm going, let's say I did, you know, get through, well, then it's like, okay, how many other people had the same idea to go approximately here? So now am I going to have to, like, is, is it like the Wild West where I have to stake my claim now and sort of, like, set up my own frontier, but I'm, I'm fighting off, like, you know, raiders and all this other stuff? Is it, is it like Cowboys and Indians of old or something like that all of a sudden? Well, and you're also, you're talking about traveling, right? Well, your traveling is either going to, depending on your mode of transportation, but likely going to need fuel, some sort of fuel. Yeah, where are you going to get fuel? Is the grid down? Is, is, is somebody filling the tanks at the gas station? How long does that last? And then, of course, you know, so then it's like, okay, well. How much can you carry with you? Right. I planned on this, so I've got jerry cans of fuel. And it's like, well, those jerry cans are taking up a ton of, of space and weight in your vehicle. Which weight is a whole other? The vehicle is is obviously something that I'm very interested in, but it's 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 a whole thing that people just I feel like 
don't actually know enough about to, uh, I'm not saying I know everything, but like, I think people underestimate the importance of certain things, you know, but like weight is one thing, you know, it's, you you load it up with a ton of weight, you're going to get worse fuel economy, your suspension's not going to do what it's supposed to do. If you do have to go off road, let's say everybody's like, oh, you need a four by four for bugging out. But then they load it up with so much stuff that it's like the suspension is constantly compressed and they're so heavy that they basically sink into any soft terrain. Like, there's all this stuff, right? But anyway, you know, if you're carrying your fuel along with you, that's taking up a bunch of space and weight. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're really prepared, maybe you've got a diesel that you've converted to run on 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 some sort of veg oil setup. You can just bring a bunch of stop at a, yep stop at a couple of fast food places yeah raid a raid a fast food joint which yep. probably isn't slinging burgers but maybe has a couple of fryers full of oil oh yeah you know something like that but like maybe maybe you've prepared you something can't, how can you bank on you that can. though you can't that's where that's where i go back to just battening get, down the hatches well you get in a vicious cycle though mark you live in a heavily populated area what's the first thing somebody who's out of resources what what are they going to do they're going to go Door to door to door to door to door to figure out whether there's resources there that they can exploit. And I so I've been I've been watching a lot of uh, the Last Kingdom. It's a Viking and it's Viking type show, you know. Sure. And mm-hmm. I would say those people would be met with my sword. And that then that's you just you've taken on that lifestyle of there's just more people to have to sword, which comes to stockpiling ammunition. <laughs> I, that it's a, it's a it's a very fascinating juxtaposition to be in. And I don't know if I'm stating my position. I think my position is uh, be light, be nimble, be mobile. I think that's, in some ways, I've gravitated more towards that because I realized over time, you know, you, you take the burrowing approach, and I think, Mark, like you said, you fight people off, let's say. If there comes a certain point where if someone or a group of someones, once you got, you're going to get got. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. let's say it's it's another nation's military, right? Like I can maybe take on, especially if I'm going, you know, patriot style, and I've got a bunch of muskets hidden behind trees, and I know the terrain better. I can take on a few guys, maybe. Right. But then it's like, okay, I've done that. Now they're going to report back, and mm, here comes the here comes the Panzer Shrek. Mm. Uh, I don't, which well, I don't know what that is. Uh, that was I'm thinking of uh, Band of Brothers with uh, the tanks. German tanks. Okay. I said it probably wrong. It's like Panzerschreck or something, know, something <laughs> like that. If you say German words, you have to have like a certain level of anger. It's a lot of guttural. Yeah. Um, no, a you're German right. Expert and, here. And that's, like, that's you know, part of my, uh, my theory or thought process a little bit is like there, there's potential, well, you hate to look at things, you know, just like ultra grim, but there's potential that in some ways that maybe it just is a lost cause. But I would not go down without a fight. And if I'm going, I'm taking a few, at least a few with me. And maybe, maybe. Because you know what? Your plan. Well, yeah. And maybe that's your plan. It's like, hey, I don't want to go down on the run. You know what I mean? Like, if if you have a complete and total societal collapse, I, I have also wondered this, too. People who are sort of scrapping to stay alive and like really, you know, fighting off all, just like really getting after it. Now, I'm not saying I I would take the position of just sort of like giving up. I would probably wind up fighting as long as I could fight to stay alive and keep my family alive and such. But I don't really think that it's ever going to come back to normal. You know what I mean? So like, like zombie apocalypse, some countries coming in, bombing everything and sending in troops, you know, our big tyrannical government scheme comes out of nowhere and we're fighting you know like it's like a civil war whatever it is if this if this occurs it's not going to be like oh okay i survived through it for like a year and a half and then and then right and then everything's back to normal again you know what i mean so maybe your position is just i'm gonna sit my butt here and this is this is my hill to die on i'm gonna take on everybody i can and if they if it comes down to the point where they got to bring in some Sukhoi, whatever it is, fifth generation fighter, and just bomb me. I guess that's how I went. There's that, and then you. I mean, I ask myself this question too. Like we talk about some of this in terms of like, oh, you need to be like like the people who surround you are a threat to you and your resources, which very well could be the case, right? Possibly. But are they, or, or but could it be an asset? 
could you unite in some ways? Are these people who will be your allies and be able and and you are have strength and safety in numbers? You're. I feel like you're most likely to get that at the beginning of said of said issue. event when people are still Midwestern nice, at least yeah. around here. Because there's going to be a certain point where they're like, you know what, this ain't getting better. I got to turn into more of like you know old fashioned caveman or something. But but at very first they might be like, oh yeah, no, it's really bad. We got to try and help each other out. Maybe you could try and form something then. But that's tough. I think you have to make some assumptions right up front. What are people in your community generally, and by that I mean like immediate area, generally capable of? So when you take stock of of you know whatever radius you want to assign to your position are the people in there capable of withstanding or weathering the storm or extend that radius are the people within that capable of disappearing into a large tract of wilderness and being okay not being a huge burden correct and i think i honestly like when i put when i put this to thought i think most people these days are not capable of weathering the storm and are not capable of disappearing into a large tract of wilderness. You know, it's an, that's a, maybe this is where you're going, but how long would you actually have to last before so, you could come it's back? It's an indeterminate amount of time. I think to Jim's mm-hmm. point... But I mean, like, if an event, it could be a month, you know? Sure. Like, you're like, oh, dude, I was out in the woods for a month. Everybody gone, except the other 10 people that were out in the woods for a <laughs> sure. month. And, you know... yeah. I mean, if if an event is so cataclysmic that like these are your your courses of action to take, I I don't know that there is a comeback from that necessarily. Probably. Not not in the not in the it doesn't turn back to yesterday. No, no, yeah. I mean, things that I'm thinking about, and, and maybe potentially they could get turned back on. But like, dude, like the grid goes down. Like no. like there's no there's no power. You know, you could have as many batteries as you wanted, but. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to. You they know, they power. Yeah, that's. I feel like your most likely scenario of being able to come back and things not be just as bad, if not worse, than they were when it started is probably the natural disaster scenario. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have not lived through a natural disaster. I know plenty of people have, and it's extraordinarily devastating. Devastating. Cast- so I'm, I, I don't. I don't want to somehow make light of this, and and but I feel like. Yes, things may be destroyed, but you're not going back to deal with like, oh, where well, my house once was is now like a foreign military base with yeah, tanks right. and fighter jets the, and you know the societal all this. component still exists, right? And the, the people, environmental component is what was disrupted, right? Right. People it's a, want, and it's a localized event sure. where people from surrounding areas can you know right. assist to the yeah. best of their ability. I mean, right. Obviously, it's going to impact that person for likely the rest of their life. In yeah. So, some ways, so but. is the is the elephant in the room? We're getting rid of environmental disaster because it just happens, and we're powerless to stop it. And the elephant in the room is actually the societal collapse. I th- I'd, I'd say more. So. Well, and I think an environmental disaster could cause societal collapse, Absolutely. depending on could. the scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think I think I think what we're talking about here is. Like extreme invasion or societal collapse. Yeah, Dude, and I do feel I X, do. Y or Z. I don't know what it is. If we're just entering into a time that's just like a biblical proportion, or if it's just that so many people are so wigged out about stuff after the whole COVID, whatever. Like it, it does seem like. Well, and of course, then there's uh, many, many conspiracy theories about you know like the media feeding us all this and that. And I'm not saying I I do or don't believe in those conspiracy theories. Point of this podcast is basically what I'm getting at, just not to be like some political thing. Anyway, where was I at? Oh, it seems like we're on the verge of basically societal collapse in just like one of any millions of different ways, right? Because at first it was like, okay, COVID, and then it was murder hornets, and then it was, you know, and I, I feel like it. I could probably Google something right now and, and just be like, next big storm, and there's going to be probably 10 articles that are like, we're about to see a, a once in a millennium storm you know, that's brewing off the coast of, you know, eastern or western Africa right now, and it's going to pick up steam, and if you're living in Wisconsin, you're going to get a Category 5. Like, I could look up anything, or I could look up, you know, like the uh, some sort of zombie apocalypse, and people are going to be like, oh, well, some, you know, sixth-generation COVID thing is now actually a zombie. Like, if you 
look into things, it seems like we're on the verge of a hundred different societal collapses. <laughs> so I don't know where I was going at with that, but well, it's a good just to paint an it's a good point though picture. because it it has forced people to think about things, good, bad, or otherwise, like we're talking about. Like, yeah. what what is your plan, and how can you make sure that that plan, um, in the event that whatever cataclysm a hundred different ways occurs, you can keep moving. Yeah. You know, or, or stay put. Right. And, and whether that storm proverbial or literal. Well, and I think I'm going to, I'll throw this out there too. Like I know we kind of just defined like, Oh yeah, this is going to be like extreme societal collapse. Like that's kind of what we're talking about. And I guess in a lot of ways it is, but, but I would say in, you know, myself included as far as even just, basic preparedness for something I guess that could be considered minor and like it would still be like a big challenge right but there are probably things like you know whatever an environmental event or something like that that would not be as big a deal if you had some basic preparedness of even just like you know food water shelter ability to filter water some of the some basic stuff that your basic needs are not so basic when they're not being met. Yeah, sure. So what are you know what are your basic needs? I think that's yeah food. That's food, what so many food, people water, want shelter. That's it, man. Protection. Yes. Such thing. They, I mean, because because regardless of whether everybody always says food, water, shelter, and yet every time that there is some sort of a pickup in civil unrest or some sort of other impending doom, gun sales go up. Right. right. So, like, people are also worried about about that. And, you know, so, I mean, that's a conversation. There's lots of different ways this could go. I feel like, again, like you said, Mark, it's overwhelming. We don't even know what way to take the conversation. This is why, this, I was like, oh, yeah, I need that. And then I'm just, like, you know, when I was talking about, like, you know, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I do need a, you know, a plate carrier and, you know, a way to just, like, a go bag. And maybe. And I probably do. Maybe. Right? But yeah, there's just there's so much, if so you, many if different you play, ways. If you play that game and you're like, maybe I'll need this, maybe I'll need that, you wind up having a lot of stuff. Think of okay, plate care, and, and 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 this is like, this is a lot of money too that you have to spend for mm-hmm. something that you don't even necessarily know is going to happen, or maybe you think you know it's going to happen, but you don't know when it's going to happen. All that stuff, right? But but you can also justify it with it's it's cool stuff. Hey, I'm not gonna argue there but it's like all right <laughs> plate carrier uh armor plates you've got gun extra magazines ammo optic you know flashlights all the batteries to run all your crap you've got food you've got medicine bags to carry all this stuff in you've outfitted your rig you know your four by four with bigger tires suspension whatever all that other stuff skid plates you start getting like uh, you know all these fancy camp stoves. You got you know tents. You've got whatever it is, special kind of boots, clothes. Like the the list just keeps going on and on and on. If you think about like, oh, I might need that. I might need that. I it just gets this. heavier, 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 and harder to transport and maintain and keep control of. Yeah, and you get more visible. You do. Yeah, the bigger the pack is on your back, Mark. You with your gigantic pack, you might look like. Prime rib out there. Let's your let's, pack's gonna be pretty big. Let's raid his inventory. <laughs> you know he'll have a lot of inventory unopened, new in box. I think the I truly believe the best strategy is be light, be nimble, be mobile, but know how to use your things. Yeah, and know how to exploit the resources around you. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what is in my heart of hearts. I think that's what's going to separate the survivors versus not is how a person could enter an environment, any environment, and exploit whatever's there without mm-hmm. being visible, without being um, a, a assigning target value to themselves. Yeah. Right? And so you can have all these great things. You can have this fantastic ammunition stockpile um, and the Chef Boyardee and all this stuff. Can you carry it? And the answer is no, because it's too heavy. Think about what a person can carry. What's the heaviest pack out you've ever done? I mean, nothing too extreme. Okay. Probably like uh, I want to. Uh, let me fast forward a little bit. You've pounds. you've transported what you can fit in your rig to the point that you're out of fuel. You've exhausted that, so we've gone a distance, and we've either run out of road or we've run out of fuel. Now it's everything on your back. What can you carry? And it's under a hundred pounds. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so even if you get the lightest plate carriers, you get some poly plate carriers, you get this ultra high speed, low drag plate carrier, um, you've got a, a pretty damn efficient flashlight on your carbine, you got your pistol, your battle belt, your spare magazines, the ammunition within them, maybe a couple of reloads worth, and then your Chef Boy RD, and then your medicine, and then your cold weather gear. And, and like, you don't carry a lot of stuff. You, you got about 100 pounds on your person. And how long can you move with that 100 pounds on your person? Mm-hmm. And through what kind of terrain can you move with that 100 pounds on your person? And pretty soon, they like find you not very far off the trailhead, um, like a turtle stuck upside down on your back uh, because you've got so much kit. I feel pe- people who are light, fast, mobile, all that stuff, they're probably the ones who will be able to make it the longest, I feel like. I agree. In uh, Aside from... See, I think if you're that kind of person, I think that you're going to be watching quite a social and whatever it is experiment go on unfold before your very eyes because there are going to be the people who hole up, right? And they've got a stockpile. And they're going to be dealing with people who are raiding them, trying to get at their stuff. And you're you're almost going to, right now at the time of this recording, I don't know when this is going to release, but we're watching March Madness. I feel like we're going to watch, you're going to watch a tournament bracket occur. Sure. They're going to see all these people show up on either side of the tournament bracket and it's going to end up being this guy who's got a fort and that guy who's got a fort and eventually they're probably one of them's either going to lose to just getting raided out whatever or they're going to fight each other and then there's going to be you know sort of one combined thing there and ultimately you, you may after all this fighting occurs you may end up with a few who have managed to somehow beat the odds and fight everyone off and now they are the king of the castle, but they're constantly either fighting people off or now they have to manage a bunch of other people who they've sort of like absolved into, or not absolved, uh, like absorbed into their little society they've created. Basically, they're having to deal with a lot of politics at that point. You know what I mean? A lot of politics and a lot of like personnel and, 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 and supply chain, all this stuff. They've created a bunch of jobs for themselves. Whereas if you're the light, nimble, fast person on the outside, all you have to do is pretty much take care of yourself and then you can sort of duck... S- Dip, dive, duck, and dodge, all stay this other on, stuff. Stay on the periphery of the um, kind of that uh, ipso facto government that's been created somewhere yeah. and figure out how to exploit things that won't be exploiting their things and just fly under the radar. You, you, probably, have to, you probably have to fight a lot less. I think Some so. people have like a, they've got like a complex about the whole fighting thing. Like, I'll fight everybody. And they like take pride I, in I, that. I think, I, it's just a foolish, I think it's a foolish approach. I think it is too because, I mean, there's always going to be somebody better than you yeah, or, or somebody who's in a better in a better position than you, better situation, has the high ground. Are there any are there any major like fighters in history that have just gone just undefeated total, forever? Total rogue. Well, like, I mean, I'm talking I, I'm actually like I'm literally referring to like sports fighting. You know oh, what I mean, like mm-hmm. every great fighter eventually loses. Yeah, you miss you. You go left and you catch it on the chin. Um, when you should have gone right, and it would have been a clean miss. Yeah, right. And then, and then it's over. You can't uh, ask a guy to be perfect through, you know, like just time, 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 yeah. time, time, time again. Yeah. No, I, I don't really think it. I don't think that exists. I, I try to look at like animals, like what animals on the landscape that live in harsh environments, like like what do they do? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're oftentimes pretty mobile. They go places. They're they're not um, specialists with respect to the foods that they eat. They're generalists. They don't need a lot to keep them alive. They're specialists with respect to the environment. Like if they live in a desert environment, they have adapted specialized tactic to living in that environment. Yep. Um, or if they live in an Arctic environment, they've adapted a, a something to specialize within that environment. But they're fairly generalistic as, as to where they go, what they do, and why. And I think that's what keeps them moving Yeah, and keeps their species thriving. And I think, again, I've been come back to this like three times. I think my personal plan is to disappear into a remote area, know how to make fire, know how to catch fish, know how to set snares, you know, know what plants I can eat, know what plants I can't eat. Uh, it was can and can't. I realize it sounded a lot the same in my head there. And then just not be visible, not be noisy, just be quiet. You make fire to cook. You're visible. Correct. You, y- you, you know, I mean. You're right. Okay, but to to that end, when do you make fire to cook? When you can see smoke in the air, or how big a fire do you make to cook? Do yeah. I make enough fire to 
Mark, you gotta watch. I am There's an American, and I'm gonna make a big fire. Okay, well, he's gonna be he's gonna be roasting a pig on the spit. Yeah, uh, have just you barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> hey, neighbor, come on over. The, the Raiders are four miles downrange of him. They're actually taken off. They're 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 sort of thrown off guard. Yeah, is that honey barbecue? <laughs> is that is that sweet baby Ray? Is that Mark Boardman from the Vortex Nation podcast? Yeah. Hey, I. I got this gun off your recommendation. I, you know what? I'm not going to shoot you with it. But I, w- seen... I will take <laughs> those 12 bottles of sweet baby rays you've been packing around yeah, that yeah, backpack. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you seen the guy on YouTube? He's a guy in Canada, and he camps in extremely public places, oh, but he yeah, remains unseen. I either saw that or you sent that to me. Now, that guy's getting some good practice in. Have you seen this guy? I right? haven't. So he'll go to, like, the median... Like a roundabout. Of, he'll, he'll go to the, a roundabout, like the middle of a roundabout that's got some sort of like arborvitae and all this other yeah, yeah. like random little plants. He'll camp there overnight and try not to be noticed at all. And part of his challenge is that he has to cook himself a dinner every night. And he does, and he usually is like, he'll like go through the little like recipe that he's got. It's kind of fun. And, but yeah, he's, he's camped in the middle of a roundabout that's like dead smack in the middle of town. He camped on, you know, when you have a, a, a highway going on, an off-ramp and a bridge that goes over the highway from yeah, the yeah. off-ramp, and usually, like, on that little triangle patch, there might be, like, a few trees and stuff. Like, he's camped in one of those overnight, and he'll set up, like, camouflage for himself, and he'll, uh, and at one point, even, he usually actually will go and, and sort of wait until no one's around, usually, like, in the middle of the night, and he'll run out, and he'll walk around his campsite with his camera to, like, to to test himself and see if he can notice his yeah, campsite, yeah. and then he'll run back in. It's very interesting. I, I think another uh, significant part about that is you have to you have to try to see through the eyes of those who are going to be around you, and like think about when you're driving at speed on the road. How much of your environment are you aware of? Driving at speed, yeah, like know, you're usually you're driving to work. Well, I suppose I'm I'm very aware of what's in front of me, but I'm probably sure. not very aware of what's around. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for? an encampment in a median. Oh no. Right. Right. No. Are are you looking for a cooking pot out of place? Right? And when you see that, even if you made eye contact with whatever that item is or that that structure is, does your brain register that is an encampment in the median? No. No, I think your brain's just like not valid. Continue on. Right. Right? People may be a little bit more aware of that after a societal occlusion. Yeah, I think I it suppose. would take some time though. It would. I think I think what you would have is is in, in times of stress, and I know you guys talk about this at Edge too when you guys are doing training, in times of stress, you get very narrow focused. Like mm-hmm. the walls close in on you and you get tunnel vision. You see rear sight, front sight target. And I think for a decent period of time, people are going to be that I way. I actually see my, my, my dot, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, can you explain what you just described? Analog sights. Oh, yeah. analog. Yeah. Okay, got it. So anyway, nice call, by the way, fellas. Really good play because you know I just shoot a red dot, like, uh, not very good. You know, there's a place about I, 75 it's, yards across the parking lot. It's a me thing. It's um, not. It is it's, a me thing. It's, well, it's it's not. I think that people... This was, the, this was the longest intro into an intervention I've ever... Yep, yep and here we are. I, I think that people become so narrow-focused for such a period of time that actually being able to hide in plain sight, in the literal sense, will be a little bit easier... Um, than we all might think. Maybe. Yeah. And I think that because of a lot of people these days, like dear friends of mine that have no business being off the trail, literally, and I think about them and then I think about the the layers of people away from my uh, friendship or knowledge of being so dependent on the modern amenities. We talked about the batteries. What are you carrying batteries for? To power your amenities. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. People that will put at the forefront of their mind, God, I got to have a pile of batteries. To what? Power your amenities? Yeah, like 500 CR2032s, yeah. like a million double A's, triple A's, CR123. I mean, it's. I think even that person is pretty far removed from the person who can look at the trail and be like, all right, I can go disappear into there. They'll be afraid of the dark, quite literally. And you'll be able to not have to go very deep to avoid detection from them. It would be cool to have night vision, though. Yeah, it'd be this, cool. It would it would be an amazing force multiplier until it became dead weight. Yeah. Right. And so how do you get far enough away from where that force multiplier is a force multiplier hey, now is an inconvenience? Here's the yeah. thing. Here's one thing to think about. Yeah. 
maybe you just need that force multiplier for not that long. Sure. What if maybe. you have to hinge a bet there, man? It's like, uh, how long does that go? How long until we exhaust CR one twenty three A's on until they're like very difficult to find? Especially with the really nice to have items, it's not going to take long. I mean, one of the really nice to have items would be in in this side. Well, it's probably more so if you're holing up. Well, no, it'd be nice to have in any situation. Be thermal. Uh, sure. So that one cool. thing that I feel but like life. I've heard lately is like if you if you are in like a combat scenario or something like that, and I'm the furthest thing from this person, by the way. Uh, Gee, I'd Mark. like to get better at it, but if you don't have thermal, like you're not like you're like not in the fight. Uh, pro- yeah, well, maybe. <sighs> you ever seen the movie Predator? <laughs> Lots. Just cover yourself in mud. Hmm. You work for Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Do it. Do it now. No, it's super valid, right? So, because somebody might see you with their thermal, correct? You, you know, it's so that's. I I think that's super valid, and that's that. I think reinforces my personal position is I'm going to assume, and you have to do a lot of assumptions in a scenario like this, that folks with that capability, hostile, friendly, or otherwise, I'm not going to sit around and try to suss that out because I'm probably too danger close there at that point, are going to be fairly localized. Uh, and I'm going to try to get as far away from that as possible. And I'm going to try to get deep enough and, and like literally exploiting canopy as cover mm-hmm. from that as possible, as quickly as I can. Do you think that if... Winter's in, tough in Wisconsin, boy. Winter is tough in Wisconsin. It is. And it is. and that's here again. What what are you willing to be uncomfortable with and for how long? Winter's tough in Wisconsin, but there's less stuff that wants to kill you on the ground in the winter in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a whole other thing. Now you, know, we, you go somewhere down south because you're like, oh, I don't have to deal with the oh, winter. This is great. Gosh, and you're walking yeah. around the ground. There's cotton gators mouth. and cottonmouth yep. and, yeah, and there's big spiders. and Anyway. Do you think that actually, so like this military invasion scenario, do you think in that scenario you're probably more likely to, to ally with people that you bump into? I think so. I think you know what a- I mean? absolutely. But I, feel, I feel like in that situation, maybe, you know, the, the situation where there's some sort of like mass hysteria, the zombie yeah. apocalypse, yeah. that's where pretty much anybody could be your enemy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like anybody you run into, I wouldn't trust anybody, but I wouldn't trust you guys. Yeah. That's not true. At noted. least not at first, but noted. like you know, a year into the apocalypse. But if you in the military invasion scenario, I might, I might be more likely to be out in the woods and see somebody else, and like you know, they don't. They well, don't. we're, we're going to start yelling thunder and flash back at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the table is against the yeah. wall. You um, you would have uh, weeded out some things when you encounter that person. You know that they are likely have the ability to be an asset, not a liability. Sure. Well, because yeah, they, they probably are, have sufficient. the same enemy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a realistic thought process. Yeah, because yeah. in that in that scenario, it turns into like everybody versus the bad guys. Whereas in a, in another scenario where you get hit with the zombie apocalypse, it's it's all of a sudden it's just everyone versus everyone. Yeah, at least in my thought in my mind, the one hard thing would be would be if you start like later on into a military invasion or some sort of like big tyrannical overthrows. If you start having the uh, the defectors, not dementors, mm. not dementors. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What, what do, do they have that in Red Dawn? Isn't there the isn't there the scene where it's like the the kids who were kind of like jerks or whatever, and all of a sudden they start walking around wearing the 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 other military's yeah. like garb and they're doing the, yeah. the military's dirty work for them and trying to get in and you know use they, their connections. The turncoats. Yeah, the turncoats. Yeah, they you got to watch out for those. Yeah. You have to watch out for those. I think the the more remote you are, the less likely you are to run into somebody like that. That's true. I think where the city slickers—that's where you're running them. I think where the the influence of the oppressing force can be most applied is where you're going to have that. The further you get from that influence, the less likely you are to turn into. They may even they may even just not bother going out there. Correct. Because why would you get get far from supply chain routes? The return on the 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 return on investment for for them is like okay, we went out and we got like ten guys. I think Unless, of course, everybody runs to the middle of nowhere in the wilderness, and then of course, they're in, I just but. don't think everybody's going to do that. Personally, I think you it's. Think so? I think the the initial thought crosses. Say my they're going to do that. I know, but like, if you've ever done any camping in in some fairly remote places, it's the, hard. It it is even hard. if you know what you're do- like. I don't claim to be like the best at it by any stretch of the imagination. I enjoy it every time I do it. I'm like, that yeah. is kind of hard. 
it, it is like I was mule deer hunting this year. Um, not a remote place, remote in the context of like I could walk for 20 miles and not hit a road mm-hmm. at, at a, a very certain spot that I was at. The biggest challenge that I was encountering on that hunt was how to keep water a liquid. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. like that changed the entire approach that I had to the hunt. How was I going to do that? And like I can plan it out, but is it sustainable? And it, I think, yes, it could be sustainable, but my God, was it inconvenient. Guess what hotel I stayed in. Yeah, and it was nice. I slept in a warm bed Mm -hmm. on that one. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, vast majority of them, follow that route instead. If you go go camping in some, like I think during COVID, we went camping a lot uh, because there's nothing, like this is what I do anyways. I'm not, I don't go to the city. I don't go to the theater or whatever it is other people do. And the theater, the theater. I was in a, a campground that I've stayed at many times, or or at least regionally, many times. And there was a lot of people who had no business camping camping there. They probably had generators and, and bingo iPads I, connected to chargers. That's one thing I don't get. At I was. All. Why would you go through the effort of just moving, moving your house? <laughs> Because that's, that's not as good as your regular house. That's the thought that's process, though. To that is what that is what they believe it is, and it was it was so incredible to me to see this. I was in a, like a wilderness area, and things that I have never seen there, and I frequent this area a lot. I've never seen a powerboat on this highway. I've never seen a jet ski on this highway. I've never seen a class A RV. Like the one where you got on the, the highway. Well, this is a road. I shouldn't call it a highway. It's called a highway. It is a highway, but it, it's like a remote road. These okay. are not things that you see. I get into this campground that is otherwise a place where if I decided on a Friday night that I was going to stay there on the weekend, I could drive the eight hours up there and like every other year, guaranteed I'd get a site. I could probably pick my site. And next to me was a, a group of young people and they had some brand new tents like brand new tents and you can got always the tags off. They did. They got the tags off, but you can always tell like how much woodsmanship does this individual have by the pitch of their tent location, placement, facement, and how well it was pitched. And these things reminded me of Eeyore's structure. Um, <laughs> Like that he lived in, in the woods, it always fell down and like Pooh would come reconcile him, you know, he's like, Hey, it'll be all right, friend. And so I'm sitting there back watching this. And I'm like, I'm in awe. I've never seen anything like this. There's an RV a few spots down. Never seen an RV in this place. They've got like lights strung up around the campsite. Somebody's flying a drone around. I'm losing my mind. And these individuals next to me are like, well, what do we eat? I don't know. Did you bring food? No, no. I, well, we picked up these these bag meals on Amazon. Oh, so they weren't just camping. They, oh, like, they... they were like, they'd bugged out. Well, kind of, yeah. And so they're like, we should build a fire. How do you build a fire? I got a bick. So what did they do? They cut down a green tree. And they, like the tree was probably like five, six inches in diameter. They felled this tree. And then... Um, in the campground. In the campground, yeah. <laughs> and they, the funniest part is they had... I remember they had a Gerber camp axe, which is a good axe. They brought it out of the back of a Subaru. And whoa, 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 whoa. Hold well, on. Yeah, what's that supposed before to mean? Before we start... What's that supposed to mean? Before we start saying Subaru in that tone, okay... <laughs> I get that there is it's a, a modern stereotype. Subaru. It's a modern Subaru. Oh, then go ahead. Okay. Sorry. I didn't. They sorry. had to take it out of the packaging, which they struggled with. You and know, every tool is new at some point, Every Ryan. tool is new. Is, and, and that's potential fuel. It's probably not the time to be taking it out of the packaging when you're there, but I... And then they cut down a black spruce that was green. Okay. And then they cut it into log-like sections that resembled every cartoon fire they've ever seen in their lives. And, and did they try to just light those just straight Never up? got that sucker going. No. Never got that sucker going. Here, okay, a couple, sad, th- couple sad things tree. here. Yeah. And I think it plays into the conversation that we're having right now of they were able to get some items. Yep. And you made a decision, yep. right? They didn't know how necessarily to use the items Correct. or have the experience to practice, do the skills that they needed to accomplish. Uh, so I'd say lesson learned. Correct. They might be way more prepared now after the season. Yes. And I guarantee they learned a ton because honestly, like that is when you learn is when you actually do something. I, that, you know, is, that sucked. I that don't did want not to work and you I don't stuff want out. to poo poo these individuals for doing it. What what because I mean like a dichotomy here. So part of me is like, man, you got no business being here. The other part of me is like, 
I am really glad to see some people walking out of their comfort zone that otherwise would have been doing whatever it is that people in the city do on the weekends. I was so refreshed to see that happen. I don't think they do anything for what it's worth. Uh, and I agree. I've I, been to a city before. There's nothing to do. There's nothing for you there. You know what a city is. You know what a town is? It's where people hate you. Joe Dirt. Um, <laughs> I was... I was very, I was very juxtaposed. On one hand, on one hand, I was like, "Man, you got no business being here." On the other hand, I was like, "That is great to see some adult onset outdoors people coming out and doing stuff outside." They didn't do it right, but you are absolutely correct. From uh, the spirit of recreation outdoors, they learned some lessons, and I think are better off for it. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think you can. Sorry, I'm, not, I'm not knocking them. I'm using them as an example of like that is a large majority of people. Yes, it, it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, what you're saying is, in this case, they got to do it and it was practice, and they got to learn from it. But if you know, like, you know, shtf, yeah. And then all of a sudden, that's when you're trying to learn all this stuff. Not exactly a great time to have to be learning all that stuff. No. They're yeah. not going deep. They don't know about water purification. Beaver fever, beaver fever will strike them, and they don't know what food they can and can't eat out in the wilds. Even water purification, though, it's a tricky subject. It's it's tricky. How many iodine tablets do you a, carry? Yeah. If you're Nate, I wonder how, if Nate how long until your filter wears out. How long until you know? You, oh, you got a steri pen, batteries. You know. I wonder if Nate listens to our podcast. No, remember, remember Nate? He doesn't. Remember Nate when he yeah, just dunked he, his water bottle into the, the the stale, stagnant section of the river and it came out brown. He just the, dropped a tablet the, into it and said it was good. <laughs> it was the most. Ext- we we were surrounded by so much good water. <laughs> there was a lot of good water, and he found the only little stagnant puddle of well, bad water and what, just dropped a dropped a tablet into it and was like, "Guys, this tablet says it will kill <laughs> all of the bacteria." Ninety nine point nine nine percent effective. We walked. We got to camp. He's still alive made, too. That's uh, crazy. He was right as rain, and we, and and we actually had we still had water with us. We had clean. We brought some water. We had plenty <laughs> was, of clean water. He was living in the moment. He was. Hey, you know what? And good on him. But like again, with like thinking through, like if I had to filter some water on that trip, like he got to shore, it was muddy, boggy <sighs> river shore. Think think the kind of uh, beaver fever, like soft sediment. Of uh, yeah, yeah. The, when you're in, fever. like there was like lily pads, you know, yeah, by us. Not and when you sink, sink your foot down in, and then you pull your foot up, it creates that plume of yeah. just like mud Ooh. and debris and goo. Poo. He didn't let that settle before he dipped it in. I'm like Nate. There's lots better water than just the like super gross water that you just like filled your you know your bottle with there. And he was just like so confident in those tablets, he was, though. You know, and right? he took it down, and he didn't complain of the flavor or anything. I mean, I guess good on him. There, there's me being there's me being the picky. I'd been like, Nate, why don't you go over there, where the water is clear, not step into the water, and then dip 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 your water bottle in, and then put if you want to use the tablets, but start with clean water. He was a good sport the whole time. Yeah, but I think to the whole point of this conversation, though, it it's that. You have to realize in, in a situation like we're discussing and like everybody's imagining when they prepare for these things, there's no backup hotel. And there's no backup, ah, let's just get back in the car and head home. This is kind of a this is kind of a crap show. You're in it. You know what I mean? Like even now, my wife and I, it's like we go somewhere and like this isn't working, the kids a mess, like all this stuff. It's just like let's just go home. Right. Pull the plug. Pull the plug. That's that's where I feel like so many people, even now, when they're like, oh, yeah, I'll go out and go camping, or they're like roughing it. There's all, They always go out knowing there's a backup. That's going to be the shocker. It'll be a shocker for me. I feel like it'll be a shocker for anyone because your whole life there's always been, I mean, you know, there's something. always a backup. Yeah. Right. Something you can do. Well, even when you go like on a hunt, on a hard hunt for a week, you're still going home. You're going to go home. Yeah. You're still getting back to somewhere where there's a bed and a shower and a. There's no. There's no backup. You know, you, I mean, it's what you're able to uh, adapt, overcome, deal deal with things as they come. It is. It's, we have, go. Well, I was just going to say, we, we were mentioning just before this that we have like 10 minutes left before we actually have another uh, an, a, another engagement planned. However, there 
because we haven't even scratched the surface. We've kind of just no, talked about we've how talked much in of a, circles. We've, we've talked gotten about nowhere. How much of a conundrum this is, and and like we said, this is a conversation. It's likely to kick off more podcasts because we want to. I think just because all of us personally are interested in the idea and the topic of of, of preparation, prepping, and uh, and so this hopefully will be will be more episodes. But I tell you what, one thing that I was thinking in the shower today. Because I was standing in the shower, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, it's nice to be able to shower, get clean, not stink, you know, that sort of thing. And knowing this podcast is coming up, hygiene in the wild. Mm-hmm. When you're off grid and the, the grid has collapsed and you're on your own, and you're on your own for weeks, months, a very extended extended period of time. I don't know if I've ever considered that really, or or what that looks like, you know what I mean? Because most of the time you go on a hunt, right, and you're like, okay, I brought a pack of baby wipes with me and like a plastic bag to toss them in when I'm done. Right. You just give yourself a quick little like whatever. But you can't carry with yourself enough baby wipes to wipe yourself off with for like, you know, months at a time. But if you don't do anything, you're going to get all gangrenous and you're going to get bacteria eating your skin away and all that stuff. Can you imagine what your feet look like if you've been wearing so- the same socks and boots for like two weeks? Oh, you're gonna need to Ugh. air things out a little bit. Remember when I broke my tooth? Yeah, that'll go septic and kill you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had right. a, I had still a, here, Ryan. I had a, a modern amenity. I had a gentleman, a dentist, and he simply extracted that tooth. Oh, God, my life was mouth, good. My mouth starts to feel weird when I think about that. But, but I mean, Tom, Tom Hanks is... and Castaway, man, coconut and a freaking bam ice skate. Got it's it. Good thing he had that ice skate. Stop talking about teeth stuff. Um, (laughs) no, you're right, Jim, but I think it's, I think it's also something that we, it's a, uh, it's an, it's an amenity in some ways. There's definitely certain things you need, like, I think you're going to be taking a bath. I'm not saying that you, you do hygiene for the sake of like being presentable and smelling nice. I'm saying you do hygiene for the, for the fact of like not getting infections, not having your skin melt off, not getting, you know, gangrene, trench foot, you know, severe, you know, whatever it is, like fungus and I all think that you're stuff. Just gonna, I think you're going to have to exercise just, like, different methods of, like, hygiene self-care. Yeah. Like, it'll be like, oh, like, I'm going to wash my socks in the creek and I have time to dry them out because they're my only pair of socks. Right. Well, or, or then do you have a backup a, pair of socks? Do you make sure you have a backup pair of socks in your go bag, right? I would. I mean, two would, your be, feet, two would be nice. Your yeah. feet are... If there's, there's any, if there's any, you know, Vietnam War vets and all that other stuff watching this right now, I know there's one at least got his hat down there. Like all the, your feet are tremendously important, right? And you, like you are correct. Having those things go sour on you, not good. No, super bad. I mean, and even just, and even just avoiding blisters, and you know, dealing with cuts and all that other stuff, I consider I kind of lump that into hygiene. I would hope that you would kind of, I would hope that you would harden over time, in some ways. I think you would, but yeah, you would, but like, and I mean, you got to wash your hands, right? You don't want to get sick. You know what I mean? You go think of a tiny cut that can turn into a raging infection, and then we have our regular lives now, and we can go buy some Neosporin, or we can Mm -hmm. buy some um, Baxitracin zinc, and we can buy some. Hydrogen peroxide. We can take care of that. I know. I think that's one thing that you always, they always miss in TV shows. Because in TV shows, somebody comes out and they're like, I've been in the wilderness forever. And they have a bunch of like painted on scrapes on their face and some dirt, but they still, they don't have no, they have no acne. Yeah. Like they don't have any like fungus growing on their toenails. Like they don't have any of that stuff. They looked very like dressed up dirty. Yep. Whereas like when you get like real rank, I don't know. I think that that could lead to bad stuff. If, you, if you've ever had a bad poison ivy rash, go wild. Like what that can do to you. Mm. And then you, you add some sort of uh, swamp environment to that. And now you got the swamp bacteria and your open wounds. Ooh. Bad news. Ooh. That's, that's, a, that's a topic there in and of itself. So you better be studied on. Yeah, what plants? Like what plants can you utilize to do? I don't know. You better be studied on field herbal, medicine. Herbal remedies. You better be studied on shelter uh and within shelter i'm going to put fire right food procurement of any kind whether it's um vegetation or mammalian or fish or you know any of that mm-hmm. um and then evasion mm-hmm. i mean you talk you know i mean you talk those guys in sears school man yeah mm-hmm. 
we got to get Grantham back out here to talk to us about everything I, that we probably really, said that was entirely wrong. And Right. Well, <laughs> no, I think we even talked about doing something like that. We did. Or at least, you know, I know we brought it up. I don't know. I do it. <laughs> They're down. But, uh, <laughs> Ten likes and Mark goes through Sears School. There, oh, that's all golly. we need. Ten likes. What is you with we, the 10 likes skin? I do have one more question. I know we got to jam out of here. Right, so I'm, right, I, because right. I'm curious because you're I like, oh, I'm I got bu- one I'm, more thing too. Just it's a statement. But okay. After years. You're, you're like, I'm bugging out. I'm, you know, leaving the city. I'm going to be in the woods. Self-sufficient survival. So what's your, uh, what's your, uh, I, I'm thinking this is a likely. What's your spot? A maximum of a two gun scenario. Likely a one gun scenario. But I'm going to say you have one. Long gun and maybe a pistol. What is your gun? Twenty-two, uh, five-five-six. It's kind of whatever's at hand. You know. Okay, but what what are you leaving with? It's time like, to like leave. When you say what's at hand, like your house is. Okay, so this. Okay. Yeah, what's at hand is going to be the one gun that's in your hand when this, you go. This started at your house. You okay. were at home. When so this I'm at home and woof, the thing goes off. Yeah. All right, and now it's time <laughs> to now it's time to boogie. Okay. Probably grabbing an AR because they're an extremely utilitarian piece. They're reliable through a lot of weather conditions. Pretty versatile cartridge. I can shoot small game with it. Um, winged creatures are a little bit tricky. Good news is geese do land. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I will have a pistol. It's very likely. It's a small, discreet thing. I can turn over my long arm and, hey, I, I got nothing on me, man. Um, the bam. Yeah. And so probably that. Ammunition. Count is a very hard thing to predict. Mm-hmm. Uh, things I think that are a good idea. You're going to be using it potentially to fight and potentially, yeah, to get right. food. Things I think that are a good idea: uh, carrier with a chest rack um, or a, a decent battle belt. Yeah, yeah. I, no I was, plates. Plates are a good idea. The weight though. My uh, long of a time. Poly, poly plates pretty, are pretty. Yeah, light. there's some pretty lightweight plates and pretty thin plates. Yeah, poly uh, plates are multiple impacts. You can drop them; they don't shatter. They're not. They're not heavy, in terms of even plates. some of the soft, flexible stuff will take a pistol round. You know, but you know one thing. Okay, so my statement was going to be related to the gun because I was just going to say after we had a conversation a while back about uh, the scout rifle and we were talking about ARs and their undeniable utility oh, across mm-hmm. all things. Yeah. Somebody commented. I don't. I don't actually even remember the name of this person. Somebody commented and said that ARs are only range toys. And that this was like completely false, and that there's so many better guns out there. And I, I, I about fell backwards out of my chair, a chair with a back, mind you. So I would have had to like Boy, get lift. Over. Like it was, it was yeah. a dramatic thing. I couldn't believe that somebody like still thinks that um, ARs are are super useful tools. They can be used for almost anything. Very accurate. Um, the cartridge is, is certainly sufficient for a myriad of tasks. Oh, dude, I'm um, not hesitating. Y- you know what? You want to you want to double down Very on reliable this. now. You go buy yourself an Atchison Senior type insert for your AR. You go get yourself a couple bricks, twenty two long rifle. Now you have mm. a handy defense tool. You have a pretty decent long range application. Not that it's the best, but it's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take big game with it because I've done it. And you have an Atchison Senior type insert for your AR, and now you shoot twenty two long rifle out of it. Yeah. Now you can be discreet. I just can't think of any other gun to take because when I watch zombie movies and there's <laughs> dudes like clearing a house with a bolt action hunting rifle, I'm like, no thanks. Okay, let me. Then, now that we're on this topic, and I know we have to go, we have to go. But like, why is seconds. why is the cross? Why is somebody always have <laughs> a crossbow or a regular bow? And they're the most effective person the, in the it's whole It's the group. last thing that was in Dick's Sporting Goods when they raided it before they went out and about. And that's because fine. Because everybody took everything else other than the crossbow. I get that. Like, that's fine. <laughs> hey, it's better than nothing. I'm just asking, why is that person always, like, the most effective person on the battlefield? Oh, I, that's I, a good question. I, I mean, you play that out, you're going to see a de-evolution of society one, but then amenity and usefulness, right? So a gun without ammo becomes a club. And a bow, which before was at the very, very entry level of effective tools, now all of a sudden is elevated above that gun. Like I get you it. You can like make arrows. Yeah, for right. And, and you I, can, I can you see can it recover it evolving. You can recover it, right? But eventually, you're going to be out of like, let's say you had a super sick, you know, crossbow or compound bow, right? Sure. It requires a very specific type of arrow. Eventually, you're going to be out of those arrows. Like really, if it keeps devolving, you're going to 
like a self bow with self made arrows and fletched with turkey feathers from a turkey that you had to kill yeah. is going to be what you're at. Unless you're onto something. Unless we're able to like restart the industrial revolution, which is what our hope is. That's our hope. We could. Okay. This this needs to be revisited. Well, and just continued on. Let us know what's your plan. Do you have a plan? <laughs> tell us what sort of because because yeah, we obviously don't. We, we've come up with nothing. A no, a pin would be great. Uh, we should get some experts in here. Yeah, yeah. What what type? Talk more about this. What type of uh, experts do you want to hear from? Do you have suggestions for experts you want to hear from? Let us know. Thanks. Until next time, stay safe. Bug out. Be prepared. <laughs> Bug out. Go to, go to Ryan's camp spot with the RVs. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, give us a review, or leave a comment. We want to hear what you have to say. If you have a question or topic suggestion, let us know that as well via the Vortex Nation podcast YouTube page or any of Vortex's social platforms. That helps us cover exactly what you want to hear so we can provide the best information to help you with your hunting, shooting, and related activities, and ultimately enjoy them to their fullest potential. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.